2: Joining us right now to talk some fantasy football with a ton of drafts happening this weekend is Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports. You can listen to him here on CBS Sports Radio. Not one, but two shows. He's got Eye on Fantasy Football on Saturday nights starting September 2nd. And Fantasy Football Today, a brand new show, on Sundays from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time beginning on September 10th. Jamie, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
3: Um, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I just got to correct you on one thing. Fantasy football today has been around forever. It's oh, so it has? old that the first analyst we ever had that wasn't a fantasy guy, was an actual football player, was the man sitting next to <laughs> you. Yeah,
2: but it's it's is it new for us, though, or no? No, That's we've, not... been, we've been right. uh, simulcast
3: on, on uh, CBS know. Sports Radio for about three years. Sorry. Oh well, whatever! <laughs> Damn. Yeah. What's up, baby? I guess I
2: don't listen on the weekends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you got Brian. You know, he, he's he's a uh, he, he's you know one of the original cast for our show, so I wanted to make sure that uh, he gets his credit. Thank you. I needed it. He
0: doesn't even play fantasy football. What a terrible decision that was to have him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I really got into it, though, because of Jamie and, and Dave and, and, and Jason uh, Horowitz. We had a good time. Oh, did you? Yes. All right. Well, good we thing you're not giving any more advice. Because...
3: What? I gave good advice. Oh, sure. Come on. Yeah,
2: you don't even play. I just he take...
3: called. He called Mike Wallace
0: before he became Mike Wallace. Thank you. There you go. That's my one claim to fame. <laughs> Keep telling them, Jamie. All right. Who, who are you claiming now? I'm claiming, I'm going to claim, and, and Jamie, I, I want to know if you're with me. Whoa. What? No. I ain't claiming that, baby. <laughs> 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 you tell your babies to keep, keep quiet for a moment. <laughs> Dad is working. Listen, I'm claiming running back, Jamal Williams, Green Bay. Sleeper.
3: I, I, I love Jamal Williams. I, I, I agree with you on that one. You know, I Boom. I, I think. Ty Montgomery's got a shot to be good, but I don't know if he's going to be great. And what you have to pay in a fantasy draft to get Ty Montgomery compared to what you have to pay to get Jamal Williams is night and day. And so, uh, as we've seen, uh, Montgomery's already battled an injury so far. Mm -hmm. He had a fumble in the first preseason game. Now, the unfortunate part of it is that Jamal Williams didn't take a huge step forward when he got the start in the second preseason game. But he certainly has a chance, if you're talking about a guy that's going right now in the double-digit round, absolutely go get him and just see what happens over the first few weeks.
2: I'll take your Jamal Williams, Brian, and raise you Kareem Hunt. Okay. What do you think about him, Jamie?
3: Another one of my favorite guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the only thing I think that, that's different here is that after Kareem Hunt had that, you know, solid second preseason game, which was an audition for him, I think that's going to drive his price up a little bit to where it may be unreasonable to have to draft him in that spot because I don't think Spencer Ware is going away right away. Um, You know, he had a good start to the season last year, suffered a concussion, I believe it was week seven, missed week eight, and really wasn't the same after the concussion. But you are talking about a situation where these two guys are probably going to share. It's very similar. Uh, It's not a bad situation at all to get Kareem Hunt if you don't love what Spencer Ware did last season. But I think just in terms of the value for the two guys, I'll take Williams at his price versus Hunt at his price. But both these guys, you know, we get asked all the time, who's the next Jordan Howard? Who's the guy that's going to come out of nowhere that was drafted, you know, with a mid to late round pick in the NFL draft? And could be a late round pick in a fantasy draft. These two guys fall into those circumstances for sure.
0: What about the big boys? Who do you like out of these three? Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook,
3: Leonard Fournette? It's it's so funny because uh, the the up and down yo yo of uh, kind of all three guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm still going to take Fournette in a standard league. You know, where you don't get any points for receptions, uh, followed by Cook, followed by McCaffrey in a league where you get a point per catch or any sort of reward for catching the ball, I'm going to take McCaffrey first, followed by Cook, followed by Fournette. So um, they, they, they jockey back and forth, and I would throw Joe Mixon in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this third preseason game is going to be important for all those four guys because they are being valued very highly given what their uh, upside could be. But they all, you know, aside from Fournette, I think their roles are kind of going to be interesting uh, a little bit to see how it all works out because McCaffrey has John Stewart, Mixon has Jeremy Hill, and Giovanni Bernard, we haven't seen Latavius Murray yet, but he's going to be a factor for the Vikings. Uh, we could see Fournette, you know, really dominate touches for the Jaguars, but it's the Jaguars that are going to probably have Chad Henney quarterback, and he's got that foot injury, so that's kind of why he's being, I, I think, dropped down a little bit based on what's happened over the last week.
2: Gio Jones with Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football analyst, co-host of Ion Fantasy Football and Fantasy Football Today, which has been on... Longer than 60 minutes, apparently, <laughs> and I didn't even know about. It.
1: So, <laughs> Give right. us that
3: credit, man. Yeah. At, when, uh, I, when I said that, that uh, Brian found Mike Wallace, I meant the original Mike Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: uh, at the top of the draft, everybody's going to look towards Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. Last year was all about the receivers at the top of the draft, but those two guys were unbelievable. We know about the Ezekiel Elliott situation. We'll get to that in a second but does the Le'Veon Bell holdout and his history of injuries make you want to draft David Johnson ahead of him at all
3: it's almost like you're in my head for the last uh, month because (laughs) I had Le'Veon Bell first in the offseason you know before we got to training camp as we were leading up to this now there was the thought that he was going to have the holdout but you hope that there would work something out and then once the holdout happened I had them basically one and one A in terms of uh, Bell and, and David Johnson, and it was just easy to move David Johnson up that one spot. But they, they're close. They're, they're both elite-level talents. But I think when you start to nitpick between these two guys, you've got to give a downgrade a little bit because we've seen what players what happens to players when they hold out. I, I hope there's nothing that goes wrong with Le'Veon Bell, but you have to build that into it a little bit. So he goes from one to two. It's not a huge downgrade, obviously, but you have to downgrade him a little bit. Wow.
0: Okay. Le'Veon, get in the count, baby. They won't downgrade you anymore. I want to talk receivers now. Uh, Terrell Pryor, uh, what's your value on him? He goes over to Washington. Uh, I would think he gets better quarterback play with Kirk Cousins now in the center. So uh, this guy, has he turned himself into a bona fide player at, at that new position for
3: him? Yeah, don't think that he's got better quarterback play. He has better quarterback play yeah. when he had the guys that he had a year ago. So, you know, a thousand-yard season, uh, four touchdowns, and now he gets, you know, to step into the situation. You know, it's not just that he's getting a quarterback upgrade. The Redskins lost 200 targets with the loss of Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. You know, they have to replace that production. So while Jamison Crowder gets a bump, Jordan Reed is still there. Uh, we hope to see more from Josh Doxon. Terrell Pryor has the look of a number one receiver. And so he has the opportunity to, I think, build off what he did a year ago. So 1,000 yards, four touchdowns. I think he could be, you know, in that 1,200-yard range. I think he can get to seven, eight-plus touchdowns. Uh, he's a third-round guy, you know. So he's he's uh, on the cusp of a number one receiver, as we talk about in fantasy, and so he's on the cusp of a number one guy in uh, in the NFL.
2: Speaking of receivers, Mike Evans last year was incredible, and if they didn't add to Sean Jackson, I'd still think that he's one of the first receivers that come off the board. But now with Jackson there, how much more valuable, in your opinion, is Mike Evans on your team?
3: Well, I think you got to give him a little bit of downgrade with with Jackson there, but it's slight, you know, because he dominated targets, and so. When you look at what was playing opposite him, it wasn't pretty. Now you have a guy who's been, you know, not necessarily what you would think of a number one receiver, but certainly he's been the number one receiver where he's been. So gonna take away some targets. O.J. Howard will take away some targets. Uh, but Evans is on the level of, you know, those guys that you have to talk about with the upper echelon of Julio Jones and, and Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham and A.J. Green. You know, he's in that conversation for sure. But it, for me, he's at the back end of that conversation. So he's a first-round pick. He's going in the first seven overall picks. Could he finish as the best guy like we saw a year ago? Absolutely. I think Jameis Winston is starting to come into his own. He's going to have a big season. Um, but I look at it, you know, as where's the targets they're going to come from. He's going to lose a little bit based on what he got. And so just because of that addition of Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard, you bump him down a little bit. So he's still great, but he just loses a little bit of his fancy value because of the addition of the guys that the buck's at it.
0: Michael Irvin had Alvin Harper. Dez Bryant, who does he have? Terrence Williams. As a Cowboys fan, never been a big fan of Terrence Williams. Thought he could come in to the league out of Baylor and do some big things, but he's hit or miss.
3: He's definitely hit or miss, and and, and that's a problem for for uh, for Des in terms of you know not getting anybody to draw coverage. And, and if Elliott suspended for six games, that makes it a little bit worse on him. Uh, it's also bad for Dak Prescott, you know, who doesn't have an additional weapon to, to lean on, but. You know they they still have uh, he's older but it, uh, a good tight end. You know mm-hmm. Jason Witten, and uh, they have you know um, a, a guy who I don't know if he's in the upper echelon of slot receivers, but he's certainly a, a confident player at that spot. And Cole Beasley, and adding Ryan Switzer, so um, the the Cowboys are what they are. You know it's uh, it, it's feed Des Bryant. You know I, I would love to see him get into that Mike Evans, AJ Green type of range of 160 plus targets. You know that would certainly help his his status for mm-hmm. sure, but. Uh, Des is proven when he's healthy. You know, prior to the last two years, the three years prior to that, he was 80 catches. He was, you know, 1,100 yards and, and 10 plus touchdowns. So he can get into that range again now that he's healthy. So that's the thing to be excited about with
2: him. Talking to fantasy football with Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports. Ezekiel Elliott, if he does not get the suspension reduced, is going to be out for half the fantasy football regular season. What round grade do you give him with a six-game suspension?
3: I'm I'm aggressive uh, in drafting Ezekiel Elliott because I think that uh it will be reduced, but regardless of that, if it is six games, I think you're looking at him at the back end of the second round, beginning of the third round. Um the the thing about it is it's twofold. One, it's it's manageable because there are certainly other running backs you could take and, and I've tried to give numerous examples of that. Like just for example, I did a draft last night where I end up taking Lamar Miller and Marshawn Lynch. So I have Elliott Lynch. Uh, and Lamar Miller, and then in the seventh round, I take Darren McFadden. So I have three guys, essentially, that I could use as my two running backs on the flex. And then once I get Ezekiel Elliott back, I drop that first-round talent into my lineup, and I hopefully am good to go for the rest of the way. But you have to understand, you may be three and four, you know, maybe two and five if it, if it doesn't go well. And, and the reason I say that is because, as you mentioned, half the fantasy season, the Cowboys have their bye in week seven. He's not back until week eight. So you have to understand the risk going in but if you draft smart, if you play the waiver wire smart, you can get by, and then you have what should be a playoff caliber roster to get you there and then hopefully win an fantasy championship. But it's a risk. Um, you know, uh, Obviously what uh, got him suspended is nothing to make light of, but if he does have the suspension reduced from a fantasy perspective, that certainly will help his cause if you do get him for, let's say, 12 games if it's knocked down to four.
0: Steelers wide receiver Martavis Bryant suspended a season ago. Uh, coming back now, big target. What type of value for him?
3: He's great. Uh, I I think you're looking at him in the fifth, sixth round, you know, depending on the scoring format and how many teams you're you're talking about. But 14 touchdowns in 21 games, you know, he doesn't really lose much in terms of his fantasy value on the same playing on the same field with Le'Veon Bell with Antonio Brown makes that offense, you know, just that much more dynamic. And so uh, I think you're talking about him as a low-end number two guy if you're looking at it from a starting perspective. You know, he could be a starter for your fantasy team, but the talent's off the charts and you know we talk a lot about uh what could happen to receivers when they enter their third season he lost his third season essentially because of the suspension so if you do value that and this is the third year in the league hopefully he's ready to take that next step and if he gets to the 120 target mark he could be just a superstar so uh absolute guy you want to target in that six round range
2: the Patriots running back situation could be anything by the middle of the season. Do you have a good feel on what you think Bill Belichick is going to do? And I'm laughing at my question because it's almost <laughs> impossible to know, but uh, how do you think that's going to shake out?
3: I was going to say it could be a mess by, by, by the third preseason game. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh the, the thought was, and, and hopefully still is that Mike Yellowstreet can handle the bulk of what LeGarrette Blunt left on the table, which was yeah. just one carry shy of 318 rushing touchdowns with led the NFL. So, I don't think anybody's getting close to that 299 mark in terms of carries, and I certainly don't think anybody's getting 18 touchdowns, but if somebody had to get close to 10, it would probably be Mike Gillisley. So he's still the best of the bunch and the fact that he's healthy going into the third preseason game. At the same time that Rex Burkett has missed a couple of practices, that leads to him hopefully taking hold of this role and pushing himself back up in terms of the fantasy ranks. He was almost considered as a top 15 guy, certainly top 20 guy, before the hamstring injury. So. He's going to be good value depending on when you get him right now. Probably in a week he may be a little bit higher. But I think the three guys, I'm going to put Deion Lewis on the, on the back burner for now, but I think the three guys all have a shot to be fantasy relevant at certain points during the season. Gillis would be the first one I would target. I would look at James White in a league where you get a point per cast or you know, PPR league. And then i put Rex Burkhead third. Uh, but Burkhead could be the best value of that group because I think he's going to have a significant role as well. Can
0: Jay Cutler be relevant?
3: Absolutely, you know, uh, probably not in leagues where you only start one quarterback. But if you start two quarterbacks, he's 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 on the table for sure. And then you know, you look at the the last uh, the last time he played well, it's, it's uh you know not a great fantasy season, but it was twenty fifteen uh, was the last time he was with Adam Gase. I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot. And so hopefully the reunion with Gase, the receiving core that's around him could be special if Devonte Parker does take that next step. Because Jarvis Landry, a uh, very uh, unknown fact which I think is remarkable for him is that he is tied with Odell Beckham for the most catches of any receiver to start their first three years in the NFL, mm-hmm. and both those guys have a chance to chase down what should be a Hall of Famer in Anquan Bolden, who started his first four years with 342 catches. So Landry's been step-by-step with Odell Beckham in terms of catches. Now the yards and touchdowns have clearly been a different scenario for him, but it's a great receiving core if Julius Thomas also steps up. And so Cutler's going to have a chance. You know, As long as he can limit the turnovers, do what Gase wants him to do, uh, and, and keep that gunslinger mentality for a certain extent, you know, he's going to be relevant, I think, in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm in a keeper league here at CBS Sports Radio. I kept Brandon Cooks, but I'm a little bit concerned about all the weapons in New England. I know there's a lot of points to be scored. Uh, he's not a red zone target guy, more of a big play guy. How do you think his role is going to play out in New England?
3: I, I'll be honest with you. I was very nervous about him when the move happened because, like you said, a lot of mouth defeat. Gronk's healthy. Everyone's there. They throw to see, you know, a few weeks of probably mm-hmm. Malcolm Mitchell and Chris Hogan, and Danny Amendola, if everybody makes a team, you know, there'll be those other guys, and Dwayne Allen's going to take some touchdowns as well. But when you start to look at where Brandon Cooks is going, you know, he's somewhere in the middle of the third round to the fourth round. You start to compare him to some of these other receivers. Well, you we have, like, a Devontae Adams who's touchdown or or, or bust, essentially, you know, or mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit better than that, but, you know, he's touchdown dependent. Brandon Cooks is going to be a type of guy that will win you some weeks and will probably frustrate you some weeks. So, by the end of the season, I think you'll see the total numbers look good. He'll have one of those two touchdown games. He'll have you know, some big performances. I think it's a little bit overblown about what his numbers are inside versus outside. Clearly, he's going outside. I think it's more turf versus grass. But he's going to have a shot to be very big on a lot of different weeks, and I think you're good keeping him, depending on what the value is that you're giving up.
0: Are you targeting anyone on the Cleveland Browns roster?
3: Isaiah Crowell, for sure. You know, okay. I mean, you look at what the Browns' offensive line is, or at least what it should be, you know they – add the T.J. The, the, uh, Lang, they add, um, I'm sorry, T.J. Lang went to Detroit, they add the uh, uh, kid from Cincinnati, they add Joe Batonio back, the center is great obviously, um, and, and uh, Joe Thomas, you know, so the offensive line certainly has a huge upgrade, and I think you look at what Crowell did last year, you know, it kind of gets overval- un- undervalued, 40 catches, you know, over 1,100 total yards, and that was on a bad team with a bad quarterback, so he's going to have an opportunity behind that offensive line, if see Jackson, you know, does the right thing, and, and, and names Deshaun Kaiser the quarterback there, so you have a, a mobile quarterback that certainly helps running backs, and, and Duke Johnson is not a guy that runs between the tackles with a lot of success. So I think you see there's a chance for Crowell to play at a, at a, a good, if not great, level. And then the receivers, I think, if you value them correctly, with uh, Kenny Britt and Corey Coleman, if the quarterback play does improve, there is a thousand yards that they have to replace without uh, Terrell Pryor there.
2: Another minute with Jamie Eisenberg, fantasy football analyst for CBS Sports. I believe you're a believer in Marshawn Lynch because you mentioned you drafted him in uh, one of your leagues. Uh, what about another old guy that could be boomer bust in Adrian Peterson in New Orleans?
3: Well, I think with both Lynch and Peterson, I'm a believer if you get him at the right price. I think right now Lynch is going too soon because he's uh, almost in the back end of the second round. I got him in the fifth round. That's the type of uh, move you want to make. And the same thing with Peterson. He's being overvalued a little bit because of his name. He's going in the sixth round. I would probably look for him past the eighth round. A lot of people think that he's going to come in and take the job from Mark Ingram. I'd be surprised if that happened, if Ingram was healthy. You know, they had a guy last year in Tim Hightower who had 130 carries, over 20 catches, 155 touches that they have to replace, and that's probably where Peterson's going to have an opportunity to get his touches if he stays healthy. But he's 32. He's coming off of a lost season where he was only able to play three games because of the knee injury. So if you look at him as the backup to Mark Ingram with the chance to be better than what Jim Hightower was, I'm fine with that. If you're expecting Pearson to be the starter there, don't value him at that sixth-round level because he will disappoint you.
2: Jamie, thanks for the time. Great information. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Take care. Thanks, man. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football Analyst. You can listen to him on Saturday nights, Eye on Fantasy Football, and Sunday mornings for Fantasy Football Today. Coming up next, Colin Kaepernick. The support is out there, and it keeps growing. You're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: Yeah, Brock, you good, dog. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is that, this is why you need to be a coach, because you could yell and scream in their face, and then you could also lie to them like that very easily. It's all good. No Really? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Try to trade your ass. Nothing it's all wrong, good. Nothing wrong with my eye.
1: Bogish is here with another update. I bogus. This one's brought to you by Showtime. Two kings will yeah. collide. A third watches. One will reign. Mm. Mayweather versus McGregor. This Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, live on pay-per-view at the Thomas & Max Center. It is that time (laughs) of the NFL year. Bad teams making quarterback decisions. The Jaguars will start Chad Henney over Blake Bortles, not against the Panthers. The Bears will give Mitch Trubisky a series of the first-team offense Sunday in Tennessee. And those Browns will start Deshaun Kaiser's Saturday in Tampa Bay. Cleveland reportedly still hoping to trade Brock Ostweiler, while Brock still hopes to be a good QB. I want to uh, prove that I'm a better player than I showed at times last year. Um, I want to show that I'm an improved player. You know, I'm still a very young, young quarterback in this league. I'm 26 years old, and I still think I have a lot that I can bring to the table. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Under center in the NCAA, Florida head coach and non-shark snuggler Jim McElwain says he could play three quarterbacks next week against Michigan veterans Luke Del Rio and Malik Zaire still competing with freshman, is it Felipe Franks, Greg? Felipe. Sure. Felipe. Yeah. there's an extra E in there that threw me off. Felipe Franks. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, how else would you pronounce it? Well, it's like spelled like Felipe. It's F E L I
2: E P E. But a Feliape would probably not be his name. It's just an educated guess.
1: Probably. <laughs> Feliape? <laughs> no, like, it probably could it? be. Yeah. This day and age. Feliape? This day and age, yeah. Come I mean, on. there's a way to spell Felipe.
2: Right. Yeah. This sure. is not it. Yes. Uh, but there's not a name, Feliape. There
1: could be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. how, how many other names are not names but are names? If yeah. you
2: know a Feliape. Give us a call, 855-212-4CBS.
0: If no, I said, all, there are a lot of one-offs out there. <laughs> I feel like if I said it. I <laughs> I'm said, with you, Bogus. Thank you. But it is Felipe Franks. Okay, yes. good. I feel like I, Franks? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is an extra <laughs> F in there. So. Uh, I feel like if I said,
2: if I said uh, do you know a Bob? 855-212-4CBS wouldn't get a call either.
1: <laughs> What's going on? Elsewhere Uh, in sports. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Pirates didn't have a base runner for eight innings. They didn't have a hit for nine. Then they beat the Dodgers 1-0 on Josh Harrison's solo shot, leading off the 10th. L.A. lefty Rich Hill on the mound for all of that. Yankee catcher Gary Sanchez, good at going deep in August. Pitch. Swung on and drilled to deep left field. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. He's done it again. The Sanchino. John Sterling on WFAN Radio here in New York. Sanchez now 10 homers this August after 11 last August. He drove in three in last night's 10-2 route in Detroit. The Red Sox topped the Indians 6-1. The Twins took a 4-3 loss at the White Sox. The Royals stunned the Rockies 6-4. Eric Hosmer's three-run shot bottom nine. And the Mariners got a 9 6 win in Atlanta, but lost Robinson Canoe in the third to left hamstring tightness. Seattle thinks he's fine. And maybe the Milwaukee Bucks were the runners up for Kyrie Irving. A radio report out of Arizona says the Bucks offered Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, and a first rounder, and the Cavs gave that serious consideration. Boys? All right, bogish thanks. We were talking about Colin Kaepernick earlier and
2: how the support is growing for him. And there was another rally for him outside the NFL headquarters. And there was over a thousand people there. Now I know that it's just trying to draw attention to show their support for Colin Kaepernick, but you know, the commissioner's office isn't the place that is going to make the decision on whether or not Colin Kaepernick is going to get a job. Unless the commissioner called each and every owner and said, don't sign the guy, which I don't believe is going to be the case. It's really on an individual basis with these with these owners. So I am happy to see that there is support growing. We saw the police officers in New York City get together with On With Cap t-shirts. We're seeing more rallies for Colin Kaepernick. It's good to see that, but uh, the NFL, you know, rallying outside the NFL headquarters is just nothing more than a, a visual because... Right. Uh, it's it's they're they're not going to be like all right Colin Kaepernick you go to that team
0: <laughs> yeah or, or are they going to get on get all thirty two owners on the line and say hey we're not going to have any more of this uh, blackballing of Colin Kaepernick is he going to admonish owners no he's not these individual owners that that are part of a league and yes at times they have to adhere to. The, the leader of the league, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, but they're going to go about their daily business in the same manner in which they have, and there will be those who will be out front and say, hey, no, we're not going to sign in because of his stance. There will be others who will hide and and not come out and, and tell you the truth about it and say, well, it's just a football decision and we don't think he can help our team. Uh, but these sorry-ass quarterbacks we do have on the roster, they can't help our team. Uh, so you're going to have that, and there's no pressure, I don't believe, that, that Roger Goodell could apply to his members at, at this point, but if you want to go to and put on, uh, you you want to get your name in the paper, if you will, and 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 show your support, you do go to the league office. That's where it all starts, and and you you go there and and. You you protest in front of the main headquarters, and you're going to be in the papers. And, and and they had a damn good showing. I think there was another one back in May, right? There were about 60 or 70 people with that one. This one was well over 1,000 folks, and it was a diverse crowd as well that were there supporting Colin Kaepernick. He donated another
2: $100,000 yesterday on his way to $1 million that he said he was going to donate to charity. He's at 800000 now he sent out a detailed list of how much money was going to each charity to make sure that every charity that he gave money to got some attention as, as well. So uh, for everybody that says that he does nothing but kneel and cause controversy and his girlfriend is loud and ridiculous, uh, there are facts to dispute that. Now the ND- NAACP asked for a meeting with Goodell over the Colin Kaepernick Issue, and this is where to me, I because it's not like he got fired for cause, it's not like he, I mean, he the the opted out of the contract, he was going to get cut anyway. Mm -hmm. People, well, he opted out, he was going to get cut, right? Anyway, and owners decided not to sign him after that, and they also have the ability to do that. I mean, it's not right, I mean, unfortunately. There's there's not going to be a law out there that says that an owner has to sign a guy to play for his football team because you're never going to be able to prove that the reason why he's not being right. signed is over his political stance right. and even if you could prove that I don't know where you go from there legally. True.
0: And and the NAACP is saying he has the the right and uh, freedom of speech to to voice his concerns about myriad issues in our society and the fact that you are Keeping him unemployed is unfair. Uh, but they, along with the protesters, while it's all good and I understand exactly what they're trying to accomplish, I'm not so sure you're going to be able to pressure. Well, I am sure. I, I know for a fact you're not going to be able to pressure the league office and Roger Goodell in particular into forcing his members to hire someone they don't want to hire. And, I mean, you've got pushback even in Cleveland now. you got a Supreme Court justice there who's taking the Cleveland Browns to task because you had a number of players who knelt. And prayed uh, during the national anthem, so you can't even pray during the national anthem now because we don't know what you're praying about, right? apparently. And this guy just uh, took them to task and called the athletes draft dodgers. I, I don't. We haven't had a draft in a long, long time. Yeah, I haven't? saw that. That yeah, made no sense. Yeah,
2: yeah none whatsoever. In fact, the NFL draft and none of them dodged that. Yeah,
0: they didn't dodge that. Uh, but there hasn't been a military draft in, in such a long, long time. So for him to 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 go on this this rant about millionaire athletes being draft dodgers and disrespecting the flag. And i tell you who was disrespected in in his home state, Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old, playing with toy guns on the playground, killed. How about John Crawford III picks up a BB gun in a Walmart, walking through the Walmart on the telephone, and he gets killed. Uh, I didn't see this this Supreme Court Justice there, uh, Bill O'Neill, say anything about that. I didn't see anything about uh, Tamir Rice or John Crawford III being disrespected when they were killed in cold blood, murdered, and he had nothing to say about that. But he's going to call these athletes who have the right to protest and call them millionaire do- uh, draft dodges. Just asinine. That whole connection between the money
2: and the social stance. And the disconnect that some people have where you think that, oh, because he made so much money, he's not allowed to care about
0: this yeah. stuff, is one of the most ignorant takes ever. That's what Jason Whitlock always goes at. It's LeBron the- doesn't care. He, 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 there's no way he can care because he's a billionaire. Well, really?
2: I, I mean, I don't even want to have to defend this. There's there's a guy here that I have to mute on Twitter. Colleague. Someone that I've known for mm-hmm. a long time. Who is always tweeting about Kaepernick. Like I wish people would rally for me and I didn't even make forty million dollars. Like do you have any idea <laughs> how stupid you sound right. I mean it's not it eh. when I try to say the, the reasonable thing I, I stop myself because I'm like, I shouldn't even need to explain this because if I have to explain it to people who don't understand, I, I'm never gonna change their minds because they're such blockheads.
0: Because they see sports in a certain a certain way. They see it as something that's been given to these guys. They didn't just give Colin Kaepernick $40 million. He had to go bust his hump to earn $40 million. These Cleveland Brown players, they had to bust their hump to earn their contracts, to earn their spot on a roster. It's not handed to you. But when you talk in the manner in which our colleague, who I'm not sure who you're talking about, or uh, this Supreme Court justice uh, cat there in in Ohio, they act as if this is handed to you. It's not a damn privilege. Get past that. Get over it. Quit thinking that. You, they don't just hand out scholarships. They don't just hand out roster spots in the NFL. You have to earn it. They don't just give you a check because your ass looks good in the uniform. No, you have to play good in the uniform.
2: So you can only care about the social injustice if you're someone who doesn't make a lot of money and is living in squalor. Yeah. And good luck for people listening right. to that guy, yeah. right? And what you need to do is look at an athlete and applaud him for – putting his job and livelihood on the line to stand up for something. It's not like this is attention-grabbing for themselves. What it's doing is putting their entire career in jeopardy as evidenced by what's happening to Kaepernick. It is
0: simple. They don't give a damn about what he's protesting about. It's as simple as that. They're trying to deflect all those, the colleague here, this Supreme Court Justice... They have nothing to say when a Tremere Rice, a John Crawford, Alton Sterling, whoever out there has been murdered in cold blood by those who are supposed to protect us. They have nothing to say. They don't believe in that cause, so that's why they deflect with these other stupid comments. Coming up next,
2: that Kyrie to Boston trade with Isaiah Thomas was a blockbuster, but was there a bigger one that didn't happen? We're coming right back. Follow our Facebook page at Gio and Jones. For exclusive videos and the latest on the show. Now that the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade is over, some of the other stuff that was happening when Kobe Altman was making phone calls to try to make this deal happen, all that stuff is coming out. And there is a report out there from the undefeated that says that Kobe Altman called up the Golden State Warriors. The team that they are feuding with, have been feuding with, Altman wasn't there for this, but calls up the Golden State Warriors to make a Kyrie for Klay Thompson swap, and the Warriors were completely and totally uninterested in that trade, and it never got (laughs) off the ground. But I guess I give credit for Kobe Altman for trying everything, and he ended up with a pretty
0: good one. Yeah, I think he had a good haul, but why not pick up the phone and 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 check the uh, test the waters and see who's available? That's what you're supposed to do, right? Leave uh, no stone uh, uh, uncovered or overturned, and and so yeah, pick up the phone and, and see. And it's a compliment to Clay Thompson that one his team wants him. Uh, wants to retain his services, and others would like to to bring him into the fold. So uh, I don't blame Altman for calling. I wouldn't be surprised if he called every damn team if there were some people that he, he thought could uh, help in this this situation. So uh, a good deal uh, by him, uh, making sure he reached out to other superstars or the teams of other superstars and, and see what they, whether or not they'd be willing to deal. And then finally he got a, a willing partner in Boston. So the Boston Celtics now have
2: Kyrie Irving there, no longer Isaiah Thomas. So some Celtics fans that wanted to go viral Mm. started burning their Isaiah Thomas jerseys. So people, the first thing they would say was, wait, I mean, Isaiah Thomas didn't leave in free agency. He was traded. He didn't force himself out. That was Kyrie Irving. He Mm -hmm. was just sort of a a pawn in this big thing. And people said, why would you do that? Well, I've got a very simple answer why they would do that. Because they're idiots. That's why they did it. Because they're moron fans who decided to do something stupid. And look what happened. It ended up on like 15 websites and they got exactly what they wanted. So no, it doesn't make any sense. And no, don't apply logic to a stupid fan who did something stupid. All you have to remember
0: is that they're stupid. Okay. That's it. Moving on. Just just idiots. What why would you do that?
2: Why would you do... the same guy who blows his hand off mm-hmm. shooting off fireworks on July 4th. Or the same stupid stuff that we see every day. Why would you do that? Because they're stupid. Loser. That's why. There's your answer. Kristaps <laughs> Porzingis is going after this Instagram model
0: still. again.
2: Still. Did she rebuff him? The same one. Yeah, okay. so her name is Enos... I don't know, Enis Nikic, and she's a Croatian model. Now, when he first went after her, she was not 18 yet, and he said, oh, my bad. And they had a little back and forth, and she posted a picture that said K. Porzi, which is his Instagram mm-hmm. name, K. Porzi who, posted a picture with her boyfriend kissing her boyfriend.
0: Oh, that's right, yeah.
2: So, then, she turns 18. Has her 18th birthday. Okay. And Porzingis is following her. Sees the 18th birthday. And he, he sends her a, a DM. That's only 18? Yeah. That's how they make him at 18 now? In Croatia. Why don't you just go to Croatia and find you another one, dude? Well, that's a good question. But he sends her a message. Wow. And she posts the messages on Instagram. Oh, man. She's putting all this business. He goes, I want to follow back, obviously. And she says, why does it matter to you that much? (laughs) That's how my English is sometimes. And he goes, it's a matter of life or death. Whoa. And she goes, ha, 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 sure. Hmm. And then he writes, I guess you want me to die, huh? (gasps) And then it was like, I don't know what. Then there's a picture of her. That she sent with a hashtag in some other language. And then he said to that, Damn, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the
0: caption. Hmm. What'd you say? I ain't about that life? <laughs> no. I have no idea. That is 18? Yeah. Wow. Man. Get on a plane and go to Croatia, dude. Tertneries and Hummelies. Oh, <laughs> all you gotta do. Take us some purplies and pumalies. Purplies <laughs> 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 and pumalies. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's
2: missing, man. Yeah. <laughs> or get her on a plane to say, Yeah, <laughs> and, and show her the kudleries some... <laughs> and the purplies. Purplies and pumalies. Kumpalies.
0: I guess kumpalies. Cool, <laughs> kumpalies. What is <laughs> that?
2: I forget. But, but we found out what it was. We, were, we needed to know. But... Oh, I missed that time when I thought we were going to Latvia.
0: I think we will do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm man. going, man. I'm leaving you guys. We really should have just taken advantage of that. <laughs> I mean, I pulled the string and, and, and got to Vegas on short notice. I should have gone to Latvia. <laughs> we would have had to been out there for a long time, though. A week! Come yeah, on! A week would have been life. worth it. Did you see who was dancing with us? I uh, yeah, I did. Our, the cardboard cutouts of us. You're yes, having I, a I, blast.
3: Those damn cutouts. It's a final come down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i never wanted to be a cutout so much in my life. Yeah, you were. I know. They are. Latvia. They treat us half as good as they're treating those cutouts.
2: Yeah, Latvia is our heaven. I think if we All get there, that's I think, our nirvana. I, yeah, I think anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> Be treated, treated like radio gods. Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, so try to figure out uh, something else, Kristaps, because she's not interested. And that is not 18. Come on, man. That's what she is, man. That's 18. what she says.
0: All right.
2: What about her makes you think she's not 18? I, I just... Mm. Is there any particular thing? Everything. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Just absolutely everything? Everything. Oh! <laughs> they, they, they bloom much sooner. Over there. Yeah, different flower. So someone won
2: Powerball last night. I don't night. want to
0: talk about it. I didn't win it.
2: Yeah, well, we're going to talk about it. Dang it. The numbers some, were. Some, some hookers and cocaine. Right? Yeah, that's what that one guy said he would do <laughs> with all the money. Uh, so the numbers were 6, 7, 16, 23, Wait, 26. 6, 7, 16, 23, 23, 26. 26. And the Powerball number was 4. Yes, I, I knew it. <laughs> Six,
0: seven, sixteen, twenty-two, twenty-six, and four.
2: Yep, someone in Massachusetts, bastard, Watertown.
0: Mm, hate you.
2: And it was at some like Handy Pantry or always, something, always, right? Yeah,
0: Handy Variety, the great Handy Variety, the great Handy Variety, Watertown. Buy him a whole bunch of those Handy Varieties. Yes, yeah, so and they we- get a cut too. Now, what percentage does the establishment that sold the winning ticket? What percentage do they get? You know, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not sure. We need to do some digging. Away. bunch of hookers and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with your lottery winnings?
2: The odds of matching all six numbers is one in 292.2 million. Damn. One in. Oof. Whoa. Yep. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and there were some people who got like the runner-up prizes. Mm-hmm. There was people locally. Somebody in Jersey. Somebody Could, in Jersey. Could be me. Someone in New York. So there's a couple of different states that had the $2 million. Yeah,
0: I'll take $2 million.
2: Of course. Yeah. I should have bought a ticket yesterday. Can't just believe you didn't make... buy a ticket, man. I have never played Powerball. I've just, the odds, I mean, I know it's a, what, it's a $2 ticket, so big deal. Buy a couple of them, but I've just never done it. I just, there's certain things, like I'm going to go to Vegas. I probably won't gamble at all when I'm there because there's just certain hmm. things that yeah. I'm just like, this is not stacked in my favor. There's no way I'm gonna win. Now I know some people like Roulette, you'll show up, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. You can stretch that money and you have fun playing. So if you sit at a table for an hour, two hours with your hundred or two hundred dollars and you're up and you're down and finally you lose it, and you had fun, you're sitting next to people, you're drinking a little bit, you're gambling, it's sort of worth
0: the experience. No.
2: So, well, I, see, I'm not I think having it is. fun
0: unless I'm making the money. I don't want to be losing it. I don't care who's sitting next to me.
2: I yeah, mean, but it's just the idea. It's I don't know. It's the, it's the excitement. It's the juice of it all. Yeah. I mean, that's what gambling is. It's not about winning or losing money. Mm-hmm. It's the action. It's the mm-hmm. juice that people are addicted to. Oh, you're the Cincinnati kid over here. Okay. Well, no, I just I think that's what it is. And mm-hmm. I don't have that addictive gene. Like, I could make one bet and then not think about it for a year. I could walk into a casino that could be ringing and dinging and people running around and lights. And I could just be like, no, I don't think so. I'm just just not into it. But people get I mean, it's a real easy thing to fall into. So with the Powerball, I'm like, well, why don't I just burn my money? I just might as well burn the thing.
0: (laughs) You should be ashamed. You should
2: be ashamed. Like I'll bet on a a sporting event once in a blue moon Mm -hmm. and have a really good feeling about it. Or you enter into an NCAA tournament pool. Or we do fantasy football, which is, you know, gambling in a sense. You do the fifty dollars, whatever it is. But I mean that's that's real that's really it. You can't be messing around. The
0: Super Bowl of football. Yeah. yeah. Mm, my Bowl. man.
2: A lot of things you can bet on in a Super Bowl. Yeah, so a lump sum, because this was seven hundred and fifty eight million, but you get a lump sum of something like four hundred and thirty million. That's better than a
0: lump sum of nothing. <laughs> which it, is what I got. Yeah. 400 million dollars. You you think that's life changing? Just a little bit. Man. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I mean I you'd got to put a majority of it away and just like take like I don't know what, 10 million to mess around with. <laughs> you know, you got to make just sure Just the day. <laughs> you, well, you make sure that all the the kids are taken Everybody's care of. Everybody's taken care. Of. You get all your debts yep. out, if you got any debts, yep. you pay off your house, whatever that is. Then you keep the rest in, you start to grow it a little bit somewhere, and you take like 10 million to mess around with. Yeah. That's probably what you do. Oh, just just 100 million. Put 3 million away. 100 million to mess around with. I have 50 million. We compromise. 75. Gio and Jones, CBS (laughs) Sports Radio.